you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Ron Story Jr. He has been a full-time entrepreneur for over 20 years, and he has been instrumental in the creation, development, and leadership of over 30 companies. Hi, Ron. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. Hi. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to to invite me onto your show, to share my points of view with your audience. Yes, yes, it is really a pleasure to talk to you about your entrepreneurial experience. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening to our podcast. So, Ron, can you tell us in the beginning about your entrepreneurial experience? How did you start and uh, what were the, the main milestones on your way? Well, I, I guess I started as an entrepreneur collecting cans as a kid and recycling cans. I, I, I didn't know it was a business at the time. I just figured this is how I get money to buy my Nintendo and PlayStation games, right? But as I got older, I um, you know, went through high school and went to college for entrepreneurship. And I eventually became a financial advisor while I was in college. And um, that led to me owning all eight Allstate agencies and spending about the first 12 years of my career in financial services, learning to sell investments and give financial advice. And in 2012, I said, you know what? I don't really want to do this for the next 40 years. The technology world is booming. I wanted to move out to California. And I discovered that in St. Louis, they were building this little small Silicon Valley in St. Louis that they called Silicon Prairie, right? So these little startup companies, they had investment firms. So I went in and I became a sales consultant for those companies. And that's how I got out of the, the selling of financial services into the selling of sales training and sales systems. So hmm. uh, that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years, uh, working with companies, building out their sales systems, helping to helping them to do the most important thing, which is to find a customer. Yeah, wow. It's a, you have a very interesting story. And also, uh, now you're a founder of the software company. Can you tell us a little bit more about your current project? Yeah, so my current project is a company called PitchDB, which helps people to do exactly what I'm doing now, which is be interviewed on podcasts or to find speaking gigs. And as I mentioned, I was helping software companies to build out their sales systems. But when they would raise another round and they would get bought, I wouldn't make any other money from it. I'm like, wait a minute, you all wouldn't even be able to be as popular as you are if you didn't use my, you know, if I didn't come in to help you with the sales side of things. And I wasn't very smart about getting equity or any of that stuff. So I figured, hey, you know what? I should probably do this for myself. So I found a software company that was for sale out of Austin, Texas called Lead Pilot back in 2018. And I purchased that company that, yeah, so I think that actually what you're doing is so important because uh, what what you were doing uh, because uh, many people out there they're struggling with sales and they have amazing business ideas 
they are great with marketing and you see their social media are are looking amazing, but they are struggling with sales. They are struggling with, with getting leads. So if you come to, to speak to such an entrepreneur as a consultant, so what would you say? What would you recommend? I would tell them to do everything that they're doing now, which is probably um, running ads to a lead to a landing page and collecting the lead and then trying to follow up and then eventually schedule a sales meeting. I would tell them to do that in the opposite direction, right? So I wouldn't run ads first. The first thing I would do is I would probably talk to people within my LinkedIn network or message people on LinkedIn and do the direct sales model first. And the reason being is that, number one, I would get over the fear of selling because I would be forced to, right? But I would actually get real feedback. If I run a Facebook ad and nobody clicks on it to set up a meeting, I don't really learn much. I don't know why they didn't reply to it. I don't know if it was the picture, if it was the words. I don't know why it didn't work. But if I said, hey, Elena, I help people to set up sales meetings. Is that something you would like to to talk about? Is that a problem that you have in your business? Instantly, you're going to give me feedback of, yes, either you have that problem or no, you don't have it. And here's how you solved it. Right. So I can get real time feedback if I um, talk to people directly first. And then that will teach me what I should be putting on my landing pages and what I should be putting in my Facebook ads, because I will be writing that copy in their voice. I won't be using what I call a consultant assumption. A lot of entrepreneurs have consultant assumptions. We assume this is what our customer wants. We assume this is what um, how they're going to buy it and how they're going to use it. But I prefer to live in a world of client confessions. I would rather not do my consultation and assume. I would rather talk to them, have them to confess what the issues are and how they solved them in the past and what are the strengths and weaknesses of what I'm offering. So then I can make those adjustments and then go back and use their words with other people who are maybe feeling the same thing, but nobody has spoken directly to them in their advertising. So I, I would say the one thing I would do is I would go backwards. I wouldn't go with a free offer first. I would go with a paid offer first, and I'll show you how I would do it. I would find 10 people on LinkedIn, you know, and you can add them or, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Add them as friends or even people within your network. You can do this on Facebook. You can just write on Facebook. Hey, I'm starting a business doing this. I'll, I'll do it for 10 people for free for 30 days. Only if you agree to after the 30 days, if you like my service, you pay me to continue to do it. That's the one part that most people leave out. They offer their service for free, but then they don't ask the person to pay them if they continue, if they want to continue. So I think you shouldn't even do it for free for a person unless they agree that if they like it, they're going to continue to buy it from you. Don't waste your time just doing these free hey, I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to do it for free. Well, that's going to kill your self-esteem because you're never going to believe that someone is going to pay it, pay for it, um, pay you for it. So by saying, hey, I'm willing to do it for free, but then afterwards, it's this price per month, you'll get that price objection real quick. And they'll tell you, oh man, that's a lot, right? So then you can say, okay, well, what, what would be a fair price? And they may say, oh, well, I won't do it for $500 a month, but I'll give you 300 
Well, now you at least you made a sale. You're just negotiating the price now, right? So you know if you do it for a month, you do it really well. Now you have a $300 a month customer going forward or a $3,000 a month. You can change the price to whatever you believe your one month of services are worth. But I wouldn't start with just running a bunch of ads, uh, giving away a free download, right? That doesn't benefit the new entrepreneur at all. It's a vanity metric. Hey, they downloaded this thing. Yeah, it was two in the morning. They're not thinking about it. They didn't even read your book that they downloaded, right? So that that would be that would be my first advice is to get out and talk to real people and ask them to buy your product. Yeah, it is such valuable advice. Oh my God. And I must say, tell you that I fell into this trap myself. Uh, I was doing those free consultations and uh, freebies and Facebook ads. And yes, after I actually spoke with people, with real people and found out about their real problems, which maybe were a little bit different from something that I offered in the very beginning, <laughs> I realized that, yes, I need, I need to change it. So why not start doing it from the very beginning? And also, it is very important what you mentioned that we are not only giving out free consultations, which is great, but we are also saying that if you like my service, then after 30 days, it is this and that. This is what we do with uh, all of the, uh, you know, soft software, in all of the software companies we have, okay, so first 14 days is for free or first 30 days is for free. And then automatically you will be charged every month. So I think that we can apply this to every business, right? Coaching business, any type, uh, any type of business. So this is a really, really great advice. So when we got those first uh, clients, we already know what they want. So what would be the next step? What would you recommend? Right. So here's what, here's, I mentioned doing the process in reverse, right? So let me go a step before that, right? So if you were to go and you ask someone, you said, hey, I'm thinking of starting this business. So let's say you're brand new. I'm thinking of starting a consulting business for podcasting right? Can I ask you a 10-question survey? I don't have anything to sell you at this point, right? But based on the 200 surveys that I'm going to do, I'm going to design a product that I think works and solves the problems that you all, who I interview, um, thinks that it would help, right? That you all have. Now, I've done thousands of these surveys. So you basically, I would hop on and say, hey, Elena, I'm trying to do this I'm thinking of starting this business. Can I get your feedback? And then you ask them a series of questions about what they've, how they've dealt with this problem in the past, what other problems do they wish they could pay to make go away, all of these different things. And at the end, you ask two simple questions. The first one is not the most important, but it's almost the most important, right? It's an important question. And you ask this, hey, if I decide to solve one of the problems that you mentioned earlier, do I have permission to call you back to offer you the service? Okay. So when you say that, hey, if I decide to solve this problem, do I have permission to call you back to offer you the service? The person will say, yeah, call me back. If you fix this, call me back. Right. So now you have a hot lead. 
if you decide to start that service, you have a built-in customer. Yeah. Right. But the second question, which is I think is the most important, is the referral question. Elena, how did you feel about doing the survey with me? Role play it with me. How do you, how did you feel about doing this 10 question survey today? Great. Yeah, it, it wasn't high pressure or anything. As I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get 200 of these completed over the next month. Is there anybody else you think I can ask the same seven, eight questions to? Yeah, absolutely. I can recommend a couple of people. Yeah. So now, since I didn't try to sell her anything on the first deal, right, the first conversation, she has no problem with referring me to someone. Yeah. But if I if I turn into the pit bull and I'm trying to close her right off the bat, she's like, I'm not sicking this dog or this lion on one of my friends, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to protect my friends and say, oh, I'll, I'll think about it and send it to you later. But if it's just a survey and during the survey, you ask the person yourself if you have the right to call them back, how can you go wrong? So that's where I would start. Now, once I have called them back and I have the lead, then I would offer them the service that I mentioned earlier. Hey, this is the problem that you mentioned. We decided to solve it, Right. I'm willing to do it for you for 14 days to show you that I can do it under the condition that if you like it, you'll keep working with me for the next six months. Is that fair? And then you just wait. And they'll ask you some questions. What's the price? You know, blah, blah, blah. And you negotiate at that point. Now, so now we've found the lead. We've gotten referrals. We've closed the deal. Now, all you do is just work your behind off to provide the best service ever, the best service, right? And then you ask them for a testimonial. Hey, Elena, I did what I promised. How did how do you feel about it? Oh man, that was great. You actually did get me booked on some podcasts or you actually did deliver five sales meetings that week like you said you would. Okay, do you mind making a quick 30 second video talking about about your experience working with me no 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 okay let's hop on zoom do not ask them to pull out their phone okay ask them to hop on zoom with you so then you can ask them questions and they're naturally talking to someone you know how difficult it is just to look at the phone by yourself and try to make a testimonial video about something it's hard so you say look can we hop on zoom and you just tell me about your experience now you have your testimonial videos for your website. You remember, I told you go backwards. Now I'm going to put this on the website. At the beginning, I didn't have a website to do the surveys. I didn't have a website to get the first customers or any of that. I'm not building a website until I got my first customers so I can use their words on the website. Is this going in the right order? Does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, actually what many entrepreneurs start with, two days ago, I had the uh, a conversation with a person who is uh, quitting uh, his corporate job and is starting his business. And he said, oh, I need to start uh, to do my website. And I said, oh, but you don't need a website to start, uh, with, to start with this. And no, I have to. And, and now as you're saying that the website is just, you know, step number five or step number six in the, in this whole process. Uh, it is, I think that 
it is great what what you're saying that we don't need we put a lot of pressure on ourselves from the very beginning although we don't actually know uh, whom we are serving and what is our product we are not sure yet maybe we can do this maybe we can do this and th- we already need to have all social media and and uh, website and everything but so what you're saying is if we are doing our website only after going through all those steps and already working with people, providing services, getting their testimonials. So uh, do you think that the clients that we work with and our our target group, it can also evolve and change uh, throughout this process? Yeah, well, I mean, I think as you talk to more people, your services will change, mm. right? So you'll start off thinking, oh, I do this. And then as you talk to people, they're like, oh, I I bought this from you, but that wasn't why I bought it, right? So let me give you a great example. In my business, I send emails to people, right? So imagine if I walked up to someone and I said, hey, would you like me to email strangers for you? They would be like, no, I don't want that at all, right? But if I took it a step further, And I was talking to someone, I said, look, if I email these strangers, you will get sales appointments. And they'll say, well, yeah, give me the sales appointments. Who cares how you get them? Give me the sales appointments, right? So, oh, wait a minute. I'm not in the emailing of strangers business. I'm in the sales appointments business. But I didn't learn that until I started talking to people. And I realized, oh, they're not, they don't care how I get them the appointments, whether it's through ads, cold calling, sending emails, putting out marketing flyers. They just want the sales appointments. So my entire conversation about what I do, you know, my company's name used to be direct email. Well, nobody, they didn't know what I was talking about because they didn't want to email people, right? But now that we know that we're doing sales appointments, we call it five contacts because we know you have to follow up with someone in a sales conversation five times, right? But that came from me talking to the client. So your product offering will change. Your website copy will change as you get more experience and you realize how you work with clients and how they view what you're offering. So definitely, it's a fluid process, right? Facebook today does not look like Facebook looked in 2004, right? Google, the homepage today, does not look like the original Google before. The iPhone 14 does not look like the original iPhone, right? It's fluidly changing. It's adding cameras. It's, you know, becoming lighter. It's squared off the edges. So that's what will happen with your product. Also, the more and more you interact with customers, you will build a better product. Yes. And it is actually a great um, analogy that you you said with, with an iPhone, for example. So I recently changed my iPhone to a new model to this 14 and I didn't see any difference you know it's like it's like I have the same phone everything is the same and then I realized that I was thinking every time I did I did the change I was thinking the same it's it's the same phone but then when you have a look at iPhone number one and this it's like completely different so completely different things and the same with business right when I'm comparing something what I'm doing now with something I did two months ago or five months ago it's the same but when I'm looking 10 years back it's like the different 
absolutely different thing, a different person, I would say, even running those businesses. So yes, we we have to you know make those make those changes step by step and adapt to what uh, customers need, right? So um, how how can we introduce this into our business? Do you think there is a way to introduce this flexibility into our business to be able to adapt and change to what our customers want? Yeah, I, I think that the adaptation and change comes from trying to sell more, right? So, and what I mean by that is not more of the same thing, but how do I solve another problem for the customer, right? So if we're doing outreach to get someone a sales meeting, right, to get a response back, yeah. well, let me give you the first thing. Most people, they start an email. If they're doing outbound email, they'll say, we'll send the emails for you, right? Well, the next step after that is, well, we'll check to see how many positive responses you got. And then the next evolution is, well, why don't we respond for you and set up the meetings, right? And then the next evolution is, why don't we put that those leads on your calendar and into your CRM, right? But each evolution, I can charge a little bit more. So I may charge you 50 cents to send the email. But then when you're like, well, man, can you check to only send me the good ones? Okay, that's another dollar, right, per lead. So now I have an upsell service. And then you say, well, look, instead of sending to me, can you book them on my calendar for me? Cool, I'll do that for $5, right? So it's that's how you learn how to evolve your product is by asking the client, hey, what else, like what would make this better? What else should I be doing? Well, dude, don't just send the email, set up the thing and put them in my CRM and just take care of all of it. I didn't even think of that. I was just focused on sending the emails. So I think it's the client conversations and trying to sell more, which, which translates to trying to help them more. How do I make it easier for them? I, I'm a firm believer that if you don't, if you're trying to think of a new product to sell to your customers after you already have one established, they will probably pay more for a faster, easier version of what you're already offering. It's that simple. Like we we pay more for a faster, easier version of what we already have. So the iPhone 11 looks just like the iPhone 14. Besides, it didn't have flat edges, but they put a better camera and a faster processor, right? And it and the 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 14 works better if you had on a mask where before the other ones prior to the, the incident in 2020, it did, we didn't have to worry about wearing masks at that time. So I bought a new one because it was a faster version of the same thing I already had. So do the same thing with your product. Come out with a faster, easier to use version of the same product. And they probably will pay you for that upgrade. A hamburger and a cheeseburger. It's just a small upgrade. They just added cheese, a cheeseburger and a deluxe cheeseburger. Same thing. It just has lettuce and tomato and, and, and onions on it, right? It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow, great. I love how you're explaining such, uh, you know, uh, complicated concepts in such a simple way. And it all seems so, so simple. I'm sure that it is very valuable to our listeners. And uh, also, Ron, I wanted to ask you the last, uh, the last question about the challenges. So what, what do you think are the biggest challenges on the entrepreneurial journey for you and for, for the clients you worked with? Mm, and how can we overcome them? Yeah, so I have a I have a thing that I like to say is, which is, we don't need more information. We need more infrastructure. Nowadays, you can watch all of the YouTube videos you want. You can buy every book out there, but it will not teach you as much as actually doing it, right? So instead of reading another book on sales leads or reading another, watching another video, and I think podcasts are great, but we can get caught up in feeling as if listening and watching is making progress. But until you're actively doing it, you won't learn what you really need to know by touching and feeling it. You know, like you can describe an iPhone to me, but until I have it in my hand, I don't know what you're describing, right? So I think that that's the first thing that everybody can learn from is just more activity more action, more, you know, try to sell more, try to have more meetings. You will learn so much more and you will outpace your competition because they're still watching YouTube videos and they're buying another coach and they're doing this while you're just actually doing it. And before you know it, you've made a million dollars worth of sales while they've spent a hundred thousand dollars on consulting. Right. So I'm a firm believer in just get out there and try it right? You don't learn how to ride a bike from reading a book, right? You have to get on the bike, right? So that's where I would start. And then to avoid some of the other mistakes is only build things that your customers want. Let me explain that to you. I'm in the broken leg business. And I tell people that all the time. They're like, well, what do you mean? I send emails to people about a pain. I don't want to solve I keep this by my desk. This is Advil. Advil has one ingredient, ibuprofen or something like that, right? It's only one ingredient. So if it's not working, you know what's not working. But if I put this Centrum multivitamin, it has 19 ingredients on the back. I don't know which one is working, right? So by talking directly to my clients or potential customers, hey, do you need more sales meetings? Very specific. Right. Not do you need marketing consulting? Well, that's that could be a web page, that could be a thousand other things. Marketing is grand. Sales meetings is one thing. Do you need sales meetings? So be very specific with the problems that you solve. That way it becomes a yes or a no, whether they need it. It's a binary decision instead of a maybe that you have to go and diagnose. Does that make sense? So that's what I would focus on. I think that that eliminates 90% of people's problems because I've never seen a business go out of business because they sold too much. Most businesses go out of business because they can't sell enough. So if you just focus on selling until you're at about a million dollars of revenue and then use that revenue to build the infrastructure to do what? To sell more, right? You want, you gotta keep selling. And then that's how you end up at 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, because you've focused on sales at the beginning to get the money to build the infrastructure. You don't always need more information. And 
The basis of starting a business is finding a customer, offering a service, collecting the money. Just do those three things. I just saved you three years of watching YouTube videos. Find a customer, <laughs> offer a service, collect the money. Do that over and over. You'll be fine. That's great. Thank you so much for this inspiration, to, especially to those entrepreneurs who are just in the beginning of their journey and they are overwhelmed thinking that they have to build all this infrastructure, landing pages and uh, a lot of things. And yeah, it is it is that simple. Just find a customer and make a sale and, you know, learn about what they need and continue, continue with, with the next and the next. Thank you so much, Ron. So I think that uh, you inspired a lot of our listeners. If they want to reach out to you and to ask more questions, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on all social medias at Ron Story Jr., R-O-N-S-T-O-R-Y-J-R. And I'll make a, a, a crazy offer to anybody who's listening to this. If you're listening to this and you're starting out and you need help getting your first customer, I will reach out to 250 people myself for you, right? So I will send emails to 250 of your target people. We will not include your website. I don't even need your website. All we're going to do is send them one sentence asking if they have the problem that you believe you solve. I'll do it for you for free. So hit me up in the DMs on Ron Story Jr. Uh, on Instagram or whatever, or go to ronstoryjr.com. And so you, you have no excuse now. I'll reach out to 250 of your ideal customers for you for free. That way, you see, I just practice what I preach. Offer it for free. And then if it keeps working, we'll keep working together down the road. But you have no reason not to have a customer if someone is willing to reach out to 250 potential prospects for free. Wow, thank you so much. This is a very generous offer. So we will put all your links under this episode so our listeners can immediately jump there and reach out to you. Thank you so much, Ron. It was very, very valuable conversation. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag ideas and leaders. See you in the next episode.